there, welcome to the first ever Chef Bo Beaumont School Food Podcast. Thank you for listening. Hope everybody enjoys this very first show. <laughs> uh, so for those who don't know, I'm Bo Mueller. I'm the chef and food service director here at this beautiful place that we call Beaumont. I've been here since 2013, if you can believe it. This is my eighth school year uh, that I've been cooking for all these lovely ladies. And uh, with me today is a special guest. So allow me to introduce Megan Reynolds. Megan uh, is a friend and a consultant at Beaumont School here. And why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your practice, your specialties, and why you're here. Hi, Chef Bo. Thanks so much for having me here today. Um, I'm Megan Reynolds. I'm a registered dietitian. And I went to college at Kent State University. And I uh, finished my master's at Case Western. And I did my internship here at the VA. Um, I've worked at other hospitals as well. I've worked at the VA in Cincinnati and at Mayo Clinic in Minnesota. And when I moved back to Ohio, I decided that I wanted to start my own private practice and I just gradually grew a private practice. Um, now I have a private practice on the west side and uh, I see clients individually and families. <laughs> and I also do wellness programs for um, small companies as well as like the city of Lakewood or the city of Bay Village. And I also teach um, uh, as an adjunct at Tri-C. And I've, ever since I, this is my third year teaching and uh, I fell in love with teaching <laughs> when I started there. And so I'm so glad to, to be here and, um, and provide some um, opportunities for wellness and education in nutrition for students and um, employees here. Oh, that's great. Uh, and well, for those who don't know, the Beaumont Kitchen for the past month has been working and partnering with Megan as a consultant. Um, and she and I have been communicating a lot with, uh, she's providing an extra eye on menus, um, nutritional guidance, uh, and asking questions and bouncing ideas off me on ways we prepare food uh, that aren't only delicious, but are also menus that are backed by science to help fuel us to be the best that we can be. So, um, Thank you for being here today and answering a lot of my questions and uh, having this dialogue. So let's just dive right in. This podcast is going to be all about all things food and Beaumont. And if anybody knows anything about Beaumont, it's that we love our food. Um, so since I have your ear for a bit, I was hoping to ask you a few questions um, that I get from time to time from students and faculty in regards to nutrition. And also with the holidays coming, I was thinking this would be a good time to discuss ideas and strategies on how to navigate the cookie-filled water that is coming towards us. I feel like I'm standing on the train tracks and the Polar Express is barreling towards me, uh, full head of steam with Tom Hanks serving hot chocolate. So I'm hoping to pick your brain a little bit if you don't mind. Sure. All right, so first things first, that I get this all the time and I'm confused on is, uh, and pardon my pun, what's the skinny on fat? So when I was a kid, everything was fat-free, egg yolks were evil, fat made you fat, um, is this true? If not, what's changed? What's the difference between healthy fats and non-healthy fats? Can you guide us a little bit? Sure, yeah. So um, it was the same when I think we were kids at the same time because yeah. <laughs> um, that's what I remember from my childhood <laughs> is um, is looking to, to get foods without fat. And the reason is, is science, the, the nutrition on science has evolved over time. Um, when we were younger, studies came out that showed how cholesterol actually could cause heart disease. And the thought was that 
um, eating more foods with cholesterol than contributed to heart disease. And with more and more studies and really looking at different types of fat closer over the years, this has evolved and now we know that uh, it's actually saturated fat that is contributing to heart disease. And um, there's actually, um, cholesterol is, is kind of um, not as, we don't focus on that quite as much as, as we do with cholesterol plus saturated fat. So for example, like eggs are actually low in saturated fat, uh, but they are higher in cholesterol. Um, so now like studies have looked at, well, how many eggs then can you have? It used to be three, <laughs> but now we find that actually you can have a healthy diet without a risk of heart disease until you get around seven eggs. Okay. So, um, so that's been something that has changed. And even trying to consume more of the healthy fats, which we consider those that are liquid at room temperature. So that would be olive oil, canola oil, avocado oil, um, and, and even the fats from fish instead of the ones that are um, solid at room temperature. So like butter and and um, right. animal fat, which is saturated fat. So it's okay to eat the yolks. Yeah. Because that was the other thing yep. was you can only eat egg whites, not egg yolks. Right, right. So yeah, so you can eat an egg every day, like thinking about, you know, getting to like seven eggs. You know, right. It's still fine. You can still eat the whites, but there's a lot of vitamins and minerals in the egg yolk that are important. It's one of the only dietary sources of vitamin D, actually. And uh, so, you know, you definitely want to include the yolks and uh, and even remembering that fat is a is a great way to help us absorb other vitamins and minerals too. So we don't really want a fat-free diet. Okay, so you were talking about um, fats that that are liquid at room temperature. Mm -hmm. So what is the deal then with like butter and margarine, for example? Like I have a hard and fast rule at my house that there is no margarine allowed in because that's just me mm -hmm. as a chef. Uh, and you know, butter is flavorful, and but I do recognize that too much. Too, you know, too much of a good thing can be bad. Um, is we're getting into like um, um, trans fats, right? When you're talking about margarine, or I can't believe it's without butter, or um, these spreads that are made to replace butter. Would you advise against those? So the the um, so the margarines that are solid at room temperature, so the ones that are in the stick, what are yeah. called margarine. Those are the ones that are trans fats, and those are the ones that contribute significantly to heart disease. Um, most of that's been taken off the market, actually. Okay. Um, but yeah, those are the ones we want to avoid. The margarine that's in the tub is actually generally usually like a vegetable or canola oil. So those are okay, um, okay. and okay to use. Um, but in, but in terms of like saturated fat, then those would be actually lower. So you could actually, you know, use those. A lot of times people don't like the flavor as much. Right. Notice it doesn't maybe um, turn out, you know, in products and things like that. But if they're using like using it in a baked good or something like that, um, you can still have butter. Um, the healthy eating guidelines for um, 2020, which you know you can see, like these are going to expire in December, right. <laughs> and we'll have new ones. But um, the healthy eating guidelines uh, help tell us to limit our saturated fat to 10% of total calories. So you know you, there's still room to eat saturated fat sure. and butter, but um, you know overall we're we're just um, trying to fit it in in a healthy way. So understood. Okay, so you know, a little butter to saute your vegetables or mm -hmm. on your bread, or if you really like it in your, your you know, your cookies that you're baking. Um, right. But it should be a mainstay in your diet. Right, right. You, you may find that, um, 
you know, it's easy to, you know, pair up like an olive oil instead of butter with veggies and then make cookies with butter or something like right. that, you know, kind of pick and choose how you want right. to um, kind of divide that up. Yeah. Well, that's doable because if anybody's ever dipped bread in extra virgin olive oil, it's not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty good stuff. Yeah. Okay. So next question, and I get this all the time. And is this true? Because I'm pretty sure it's in the Bible that all car- carbohydrates are evil and they're from the <laughs> devil. Do I need to avoid carbs at all costs for the rest of my life? Um, we have a lot of people in the building and in general who are like, you know, zero carb keto diet or Atkins diet, or I'm never eating another potato for the rest of my life. Is this a healthy mindset? Is it practical? What's your thoughts what are your thoughts on this? No, and it's not sustainable either. You may find that, you know, it may be okay for the first day. Usually by day three, it gets pretty tough. You have a horrible headache. <laughs> and that usually is, some people um, can stick with it after that. And some people, you know, that's when they decide to get off that diet. Um, but even in the long term, it's really not helpful. Uh, our, our brain uses glucose to think um, we make red blood cells using glucose and carbohydrates provide the easiest source of glucose for that. So it's it's definitely important. You're here thinking all day, right. <laughs> so you're going to need carbohydrates and um, and your body's always growing. So, you know, you're, you're going to need carbohydrates for that. The real thing to focus on would be to make sure that you get the most nutrient dense carbs possible, and that would be whole grains. Um, that's important, you know, for even for mood and things like that, like keeping your blood sugar stable. But it's also important because you're getting more vitamin E, you're getting more fiber, you're getting naturally getting B vitamins and iron. And if you're eating more refined carbohydrates, which would be things like from white flour, um, so thinking like white bread, um, white pasta instead of whole wheat pasta or instead white rice white rice yeah so those ones they have um had extra vitamins put in but usually um not all the vitamins that were taken out like in the just in the bleaching process like right some like a majority of those vitamins were lost some are added back but not all so you're really better off eating those whole grains and if you decide like you mentioned a, a baked potato um you know i'm a huge fan of just you know, trying to eat that skin or even when you're making mashed potatoes, leave the skin on because there's so many vitamins and minerals in that and that, you know, can really make it a nutrient-dense choice. Well, you said something I thought was interesting, like it, not all carbohydrates are created equal. Would you mm-hmm. say like staying away from refined carbohydrates? For example, mm-hmm. a pear, uh, which has sugar in it, natural fructose, is not mm-hmm. the same as uh, ice cream that's made with high fructose corn syrup right? or ultra-processed mm-hmm. or... Um, a whole wheat bread is not the same of a bread that is, uh, I think it's funny when it's enriched bread because they strip the nutrients out but then turn around and put them right back mm-hmm. in. So like a, like an Ezekiel bread mm-hmm. or a sprouted grain bread versus a bleached white bread. Uh, right, right. You know. Even if you happen to read through the food label, you'll see um, in, in that uh, whole grain bread uh, or less refined bread, you're getting so many more vitamins and minerals just by reading the food label and fiber and even protein. So it's really a, you know, thinking about, you're trying to nourish your body all the time. And even if you start thinking, you know, like, oh, well, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get nutrients instead of trying to avoid nutrients, you may find that then it's easier to choose foods that are, that are high in nutrients. And like you would choose that whole grain bread because it has more nutrients or you would eat that pear because it actually has uh, more fiber and, and vitamins and minerals than 
potentially, you know, the ultra processed ice cream or whatever. So, um, so there's nothing wrong with any of these foods or you may even have ice cream with pear, you know? <laughs> right. Um, so it's, there's nothing wrong with any of this. Your body needs nutrients, but it's actually picking the foods with the most nutrients. Right. Well, and I think like here at Beaumont, uh, I'm pretty sure everybody would agree they we are a carb school. Everybody loves our carbohydrates. We love our cookies. Who doesn't? We like our bagels. Um, but your suggestion would be is to have the carbs, but look for for whole foods or whole nutrients or mm-hmm. or carbohydrates that aren't stripped down. Right. A whole wheat bagel versus a white bagel. Or, right. Okay. Well, that's doable. I don't think that's impossible. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that your clients or people? Do they go to, like you were talking about before, to this extreme of, like you said, I'll never eat another carbohydrate, or I'm never going to mm-hmm. eat fat again, or I'm only going to drink water for the rest of my life and never have anything else? Or it, it, do you advise your clients, I guess what I'm asking is, smaller lifestyle changes versus one massive, you're only eating red meat for the rest of your life, and that's it? Right. A lot of times people will come to see me after they have maybe tried diets that really eliminate a whole food group or... Um, or that give them very little options. And then a lot of times, you know, why people may reach out to a dietitian is because they're not sure what to eat then. If they took out all those foods, then they're not really sure what's left and they're kind of bored. Um, so usually people are pleasantly surprised when I'm like, oh, you don't have to avoid. And even thinking about, you know, we're at Healthy Eating Guidelines 2020 are actually trying to make half of our grains whole grain. So it's not to say every single grain, like, you know, if it isn't perfect, that's okay. Um, right. You know, just maybe the next meal is when you're going to have more whole grains available at that meal. So, um, so in general, um, it's, it's really just trying to find something that you can continue every single day. So I always think of it as, you know, this is a long, I mean, you're eating is ongoing. So it's, it's like, you know, it's like running a long race or even thinking, okay, I'm going to run three miles. You're not going to start out sprinting. (laughs) That would be like what, you know, to me, um, starting with a very, um, uh, with a diet that eliminates a lot of different foods. Um, it would be hard to manage keeping up that pace for, for the long run and, and think of that when you're trying to set goals. Okay. Why do you think in your opinion, look, I, I struggle with my weight. I have my whole life and I think, uh, the country on a whole seems to struggle with their weight. Why do you think that is? And why do you think in your opinion, there are so many different, um, ideas on nutrition? Again, whether it's mm-hmm. Atkins or Keto or Jenny Craig or Weight Watchers or a juice cleanse or this or this or this, there seems like there's a million books. Mm-hmm. If you go to diet, if you go to Barnes Noble's to the diet nutrition section, there's a shelf after shelf of mm-hmm. diets. Why do you think they that are. is, in your opinion? Because uh, I haven't finished mine. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> you haven't finished the, yeah. the, the, the Bible of yes, diets. Yes, exactly. So. Um, so I think you know genetics contributes to this. So you know that's part of it, but also our lifestyle is a big part of it, and how active we are and and so we're all kind of looking for um the smoking gun here but my my book will be called um you know it's what's on the inside that counts because i find every person is different and so i think there's a lot of diets because somebody can write a book you know if they've lost 20 pounds and that was great that whatever that was worked for them but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for everybody and we're all trying to find our um, you know, moderation really. So, so there really is no one size fits all for everybody. No, 
Okay, an athlete might need more than a couch potato, or yeah. vice versa. Or maybe the couch potato needs to get more exercise than the athlete does, and vice versa. Right. That's good. I think that's good to hear because, again, my whole life it's always been, well, we're not eating fat, or we're not eating this, or we're not eating that, or mm-hmm. you're not eating this. And it's always this one-size-fits-all mentality, and it's just, you always feel like you're just set up for failure. Right. I think the thing is, is if sometimes we can feel like, oh, I just need to develop more willpower. But, you know... You, you, don't, you don't really need to do that. You just need to think in terms of like, well, you know, maybe I'm not eating two to three servings of fruit a day or in two to three servings of vegetables a day. Let me try to get those fruits and vegetables. I mean, and then that may be an easier way. And you may actually find then you're avoiding or and not really even craving um, some foods that maybe came from like a vending machine or something right. like that. Uh, if you plan to have, you know, and get those fruits and vegetables a day. But I think, yeah, if if it's kind of like an absolute um, type of restriction on your diet, um, it's it's definitely hard to keep up, and you can easily feel like I blew it, and then now now what, you know? Yes. So it's hard to really stay focused well, with that. I'm definitely gonna get back to that later. I have a question I wrote down earlier about the I blew it, now what I do, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up or ask about it. Um, you know, we talk about healthy eating, um, and I think people associate that with bland, boring food. It's boiled cauliflower to mush, or a can of green beans that's been opened up and boiled until there's nothing left, or it's, you know, dry chicken. Um, you know, I think a lot of people say, well, that's why I don't want to eat healthy. It doesn't taste good. Uh, do you have any suggestions for that, or uh, ways to add flavor to food without compromising the nutrition? Like, yeah, you can always drop in the deep fryer, but that's not mm-hmm. healthy. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I think it's you gave examples of, you know, somebody maybe trying to get more more veggies, and that's great. Um, so I think the biggest thing is you don't necessarily have to compromise flavor, you know, even though you're trying to choose cooking methods that don't add as much, as many calories. So thinking like baked or uh, broiled, uh, grilled, you know, those are all great um, cooking methods that that are lower in calorie, but then you can still add flavor, whether it's um, using um, garlic and onions, which have a lot of antioxidants, um, or other herbs, uh, whether fresh or dried, to really add quite a bit of flavor. Right. Well, and I find, like, what I've been, you know, funny, when I went to culinary school, now, you know, my mother, God bless her, would admit that she's not the greatest cook. So when we had vegetables growing up, they were just boiled to mush. Uh, it wasn't until I got to culinary school and ate like a properly cooked vegetable that maybe still had a little, it was al dente, still a little bit of bite mm-hmm. to it. Um, or maybe the water was seasoned that it was, you know, blanched it. That I was like, holy smokes, I never knew broccoli tasted like this. I never knew cauliflower could taste good. Yeah. So one thing I found is, you know, proper cooking technique is a huge benefit. You know, not boiling something to death, not roasting something to death, not burning stuff. Properly seasoning. Um for me works well and not just with salt it can be with vinegar i love herbs i always have fresh herbs in the beaumont kitchen um i have them at home it's a great way i think to add even micronutrients and flavor without mm-hmm. just dumping salt or butter on something and uh and along that line is properly using i think your fats when you are going to use them like a little bit of butter or a little bit of olive oil drizzled on you know a salad um can really add flavor and you know, for me, I think is, is a way to make something that could be a little boring. I'm sick of eating mm-hmm. romaine lettuce and bring it to like little, you know, some lemon zest, some olive oil, and a little bit of chopped garlic, and all of a sudden you have something that's very tasty. So I don't know, is that something you try to do at home of 
you have young, you have three young daughters. Yes. Maybe future bow monsters, fingers crossed. <laughs> but how do you get them to eat, you know, uh, healthily, you know? So remembering at any age that we really need to be exposed to different foods, like sometimes upwards of like 20 times before we're willing to accept it. <laughs> so, um, so keep that in mind. If some, if something's like, Oh, I, you know, I didn't really like it the first time or, or it looks weird. Those are completely normal feelings towards any, any new food. Um, but really just, you know, exposing them. So they may not always choose the food I make, which, you know, is at the table. They're still exposed because they can see the food, though. And then right. eventually they'll try it. Uh, but, of course, you know, with little kids, <laughs> um, they they have a little more taste buds and things like that. So they kind of do like some bland foods. But I can always win if I put, like, garlic powder <laughs> right. on, on different things. My kids seem to really like garlic a lot with, I don't no, they know that, but um, I have one who will just eat a whole onion. So um, raw, yeah, oh, she wow. she loves onions. Oh, so good for her. Um, and then the texture is really important, like you mentioned. Like um, I have one who likes green bean green beans just about raw, and another one who likes them like cooked well done, really cooked. Yeah, well, so, and even you yeah. yourself, have you seen changes in your palate since time? I I doubt when you were in uh, second grade, you were chowing down on kale and Brussels sprouts. <laughs> How like even you have you adapted yeah. through the years? I think I have only because I see like I mean we just had Halloween. My kids definitely crave candy more than I do. Like I would never if it's not chocolate, I'm not I don't want it. Right. <laughs> kind of a thing. So I always think, oh, how did I eat candy when I was like, I have no, you know, it's just so sweet. Right. Um. But so I think you know eventually your taste buds do change and you do appreciate things that are maybe more spicy or. Or, you know, that's something that has, like, a, just a little bit, like, a hint of lemon to it, like, you know, um, as a seasoning or things like that. Um, so, yeah, it definitely evolves. Well, hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, we have so much good stuff to talk about that we're cutting this podcast into two. So tune in next time for more information on healthy eating and healthy lifestyle.